There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher, and we've got an awesome show for you coming up. This week, Centauri and I were joined by Brian Cassidy, the president of CCBG Architects and chairman of the Phoenix Warehouse District Council. We had a great conversation that focused on how the redevelopment of Phoenix's Warehouse District got started, how they were able to bring the key stakeholders to the table, the sensitive nature of working with historic buildings, what the area will look like in the future, and finally, how interested people can be involved in the process. You can find out more about Brian and what he's working on at ccbg-arch.com and the Warehouse District Project's website at phxwd.com. I definitely encourage you to check it out. If you're a fan of the show, please take a moment to like our Facebook page and always feel free to share us on social media. That's enough about that. Let's go. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Miner. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action today is Brian Cassidy, the president of CCBG Architects, chairman of the Phoenix Warehouse District Council. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Happy to be here. Centauri, what does CCBC stand for? Uh... Someone and then Brian Cassidy. Yeah, and a couple others. Yeah. <laughs> we used to go by our full names, but everybody started to think we were a law firm. We couldn't have that. So ah, no. Went to initials. Definitely want to yeah. avoid that. Excellent. Um, I was going to ask you, Centauri, why? What stopped you from becoming an architect? Talent. I don't. Okay. Yeah. Like I, just, I don't just have just any of that. Talent. I don't know. It's one of those. How did, I guess we'll talk about well, it. I don't like have I, much talent either. Okay. But, uh, I, I have passion. I just, that helps. It was never on my radar. I guess I don't really know how anyone decides what they want to do, but architecture was never something I even thought about. How did you decide to become an architect? Well, back when I was in third grade, my parents built a house, and I just fell in love with the whole idea of building something. And I just said, I told myself, I'm going to be an architect. And a few years later, I'm still doing it. So Nice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'll be honest with you, when I was you know, in third grade, I didn't know what an architect did versus what a builder did. But uh, I do now, so awesome. Well, very very cool. So, um, how long have you been in the historic Phoenix Warehouse District? Well, we built this building and co-developed it just over twelve years ago since we moved in. And we moved down here because we knew it had a great future. We didn't realize it would take eight more years until <laughs> anything good started to happen down here because some of the economic challenges that happened in the last real estate cycle. But for us, as a design firm, this is a great example of the kind of work we can do. We own it, so we're kind of controlling our own destiny down here. And we just set an example for other businesses to say, hey, come down to this compelling part of downtown that has a really incredible future. Can you, and it's been worth it. Every, every, all the sweat and tears we put into this, it was worth it. Nice. Can you tell uh, our listeners a little bit about the, the history of the... Um the, the movement in Phoenix, so uh, the warehouse district obviously just came on, got activated in the last, say, five years. So what is the, the long history behind that? Well, actually, the warehouse council has only been formed for just about three years now. It's that new. 
And the reason it happened three years ago is the stars for business development and real estate development here finally aligned for the first time in two generations. This is an area, the warehouse district is literally that the part of downtown directly south of the heart, the, the big central core where all the banks and government entities are. And literally where we're sitting today, we're, we're three blocks from Cityscape or five blocks from City Hall. I mean, we're walking distance to everything. But what's exciting about the warehouse district is we have in this area a half a square mile of, of land. Most of it is going to be redeveloped with both renovated projects and infill development. So it really represents the future of the core downtown. This is where a lot of the action will take place because this is where the real estate's available. So for some level setting for listeners, redevelopment and infill, what do those things mean? Well, re well, let's call adaptive reuse and infill. Infill is, the term infill in, in design construction real estate means that you're putting a building into an existing piece of real estate that doesn't have a building on it, a small lot or an assemblage on a corner of several small lots, or maybe it's an entire city block. But infill means you're coming back and rebuilding in an area that kind of got left behind kind of, you know, the, the, the downtown core of Phoenix in the 50s saw this incredible urban um, deterioration when the suburbs started to grow, when, when air conditioning was perfected, and when the interstate transit systems started building all the freeways, it was easier to get off to the periphery of town. And so a lot of people moved, a lot of businesses moved in downtown, and just really decayed for many, many, many years. And it just started its rebirth about 10 years ago, and the warehouse district just became part of that rebirth only about four years ago. Got it. So you are the chairman of, of the group. How did that come to be? Did you just say, you know what, it's time that we get organized, and you started the ball rolling? Well, I was one of about eight sort of pioneering business owners down here. Most of us own our businesses, and we own our real estate that we, we work from just kind of unusual. We were the early pioneers. Probably about three and a half years ago, Mayor Stanton suggested strongly that, hey, the economy's picking up. We're seeing some interest in the warehouse district. Why don't you, as a group of leaders, sort of form a coalition and start advancing and speaking with one bigger voice rather than a bunch of smaller voices? And so we listened to it. We agreed to do it. And we started having informal meetings starting about three and a half years ago. It took a few months for it to gel. And then one day, about 10 of us had a summit meeting where we actually hired a facilitator mm -hmm. to help us you know, think clearly about how we could move this forward. And we agreed to form the Warehouse District Council. And I was asked by those founding members to be the chair. So December, just under three years ago, we formed this and it's been off to the races ever since. And the scope of work is? Well, we are a nonprofit business organization that is just promoting the entire warehouse district as a great place to work, a great place to live, a great place to invest, a great place to be entertained, and so forth. And we literally, through the volunteer effort of all these different members of our, our house council, we have created a website, a branding mechanism, a graphics package, um, and we're literally just selling the great benefits of being in this area moving forward, all on a volunteer basis. So as you form this this organization that's that's working to promote the area, 
you wanted to start with the end in mind, I'm sure. What are the, the key factors that you really need to take into consideration? Well, for one, we knew we were going to see redevelopment activity down here. One of our primary goals here is to preserve the unique character of all these great old buildings down here. Unfortunately, many of them were torn down in the 50s and 60s because downtown became a ghost town. And people that owned some of these buildings that didn't have any income on them found it was cheaper to tear their building down because their property taxes would go down. Not hmm. up. And so therefore, a lot of great buildings were pushed over and turned into parking lots, which weren't even needed, unfortunately. But what we're working hard, and there's some great things going on right now. Matter of fact, five of the empty warehouses down here that have been unoccupied for two to 15 years on average have sold in the last four months. And all five of those new buyers tend to renovate the buildings and put tenants and businesses in now. So it's a great win for the warehouse district to not lose any more of these precious buildings that we have down here that really don't exist in, in large quantities anywhere else in Metro Phoenix. So from an urban, stand, urban planning standpoint, just architecture in major cities, where does Phoenix benchmark? What do we look like? Is it a unique city? I know everyone always says we're unique, but are we actually? Well, I, I think we are unique because we literally are a city that was a post-World War II boom city. And again, uh, interstate travel was easier to do. Land was cheaper on the periphery. Air conditioning started to proliferate. And those are things that literally held back the city of Phoenix. We built the city as far from our river as possible. I don't know of any other place in the world where they ran from the river did. And so our river is a mile south of where we're sitting today and so forth. So <laughs> Phoenix. Why did they do that? Well, because the river floods during the, the winter rains and they didn't know how to, how to control it. Uh, so they just kept moving practical. high enough away from the river that they didn't flood out. And so <laughs> but what's unique about Phoenix is of all the major cities in the United States, we probably have more room for this infill development of any major city in the United States right now. And, and, and the majority of it that's in the core downtown is right here in this warehouse district where we're all sitting today. Got it. So making sure that you take care of the historic buildings and sort of maintain that character. Are there people that live here in this area? There are a few projects that have been built in the last 15 years. There's one at the end of this block here where 31 condominiums were built 13 years ago. And a high-rise condominium tower was built 10 years ago right next to the baseball stadium called Summit in Copper Square. Originally now it's a summit. Um, there is a proposal, first time in 10 years, somebody's proposing to build new housing in the warehouse district. It will literally take place uh, at 3rd Street in Buchanan, not far from where we're sitting, and it will have about 277 market rate apartments. Mm -hmm. And until recently, there wasn't a great demand for more housing down here, but now with all the businesses and the high uh, proliferation of creative industries and tech-type companies and software writing code companies, there's going to be a demand for housing down here. People want, to, they love the walkability of Phoenix, and it's only going to get better more and more things happen. Another thing we're trying to advocate for down here, we're not trying to tell people what to do, but we would like to see more of a grassroots effort of these infill properties happening, people buying the old buildings and renovating, and not losing sight of the history of this area and the context that, that we're in of these really cool, unique buildings that were warehouses, light manufacturing buildings, and they're for 
Well, that's probably a tricky thing. I don't want to tell you what to do, but it sure would be awesome if we could be on the same page with this deal. Well, what we can do is we can offer advice to people that want to invest in the buildings down here, what it takes literally to do it, how long it's going to take, how much it's going to cost, and maybe help them understand what uh, a purchase price of an old building that really you cannot occupy, what it's really worth from a, a purchase perspective. So we back into the purchase price based on all the improvements and time it's going to take to make them before you can physically step in and use the buildings legally. Got it. Okay. You mentioned a little bit about um, that you said the stars in line, but was there a particular project that was really the impetus for this all coming together? What are the anchors? That are well, there? I'd say the, the project that I say the tipping point in the warehouse district was when R&R Partners, which is a large creative agency headquartered out of Las Vegas, they made the decision to buy a warehouse in the heart of the warehouse district. They bought it back in 2007 when the real estate economy was just on a tear going uphill. And then I think we all know that a year or two later it came crashing down. Um, so R&R sat on that building. It was unoccupiable until about four years ago and then they began to move forward to renovate it. They've been our neighbor and they moved in just about three years ago. And they were the right group at the right time with the right kind of business, invested properly in their building, and they just created a, just a showcase idea how to renovate one of these buildings. You gotta realize a lot of these are what we call a dock height building, where they have a full basement underneath them, hmm. and the main floor is four feet up in the air because that's the height of a rail car or a truck when you're hmm. moving product in and out of warehouses. This whole area used to have trained rail spurs going down the streets and the alleys. So you could get into, quite often, both sides of a building. You could load, unload a, a vehicle on one side and load it onto another vehicle on the other side. So it was, I mean, this was the heart of downtown Phoenix. This is where the heavy lifting took place. Right. How many homes are surrounding the warehouse district and are you mindful of that? Is that part of the sort of part of the conversation? It, it is because directly south of where we are, about three or four blocks, there's two old neighborhoods, Central Central and Grant Park neighborhoods, where there's somewhere in the neighborhood of 150 to 160 individual homes down there. And these okay. homes were built in the 1940s, 1950s, and so forth. And so here you have this redevelopment opportunity right next to single family residences. So there's obviously some, some tensions and some nervous homeowners down there that are concerned about the future, whether their house is going to get wiped out. And you know, we're not proposing doing that down here. There's plenty of land down here to do both higher density, mixed use type projects and still respect the, the single family character. The other thing unique about downtown is, as you work your way on the north side of downtown, downtown is flanked on both sides of central with historic residential neighborhoods that are protected for the most part under historic preservation, all the way up until you get Phoenix. So the natural areas where there is not protection or there is land is really on the southern and some of the western sides of downtown. Got it. Okay. So the places that are not protected are in the southern and the western parts of downtown. Um, and you said that was about 150 homes? It's about 150 homes between the warehouse district and Buckeye Road right now. And between 7th Street and 7th Avenue. You said that people might be concerned that they're going to be I don't know what the, what, the, what the right term is, but 
even if even if a big company came in and wanted to develop that they couldn't necessarily move those people unless they wanted to go no, no, they would have to go through a rezoning case in order to change the use of that real estate and they probably um, hit some resistance yeah they made that proposal but there's other opportunities between where they are and the core downtown there's 18 blocks of dirt parking lots down there full city blocks that could be redeveloped and I would see that happening first before I would see more pressure south of here. Yeah, okay. So, so what's the, the timeline on the, the warehouse district being full? My guess is it's gonna take 15 years to, to build this out. Yeah. But you could see precedent in other major cities that, that, that we've all been to of how um, the areas near the core of the downtown have reinvented themselves. They put in mixed use projects, they brought in denser housing, and they really you know turned into lively places. It's happening here right now. So when you have your meetings with the uh, with with the council, who sets the agenda? Are, are you actively saying we should seek out a grocery store? We should seek out LA Fitness to come in. We should seek out is is. Well, you know, again, three years ago we formed the council with about eight people. Now we meet on a monthly basis. We get fifty to sixty people attending average at our meetings um, we have an agenda and we go over a lot of it is just information telling people what is happening who's interested in coming down here it's almost a clearinghouse for what might be available for businesses to move in here right now uh, besides the five buildings that are going to be renovated that recently sold we're out of space down here anybody looking for a place to move in in the next month or two is going to have to wait a few months until a space could be renovated for them to do it. So I guess it's a good problem to have in some respects from that perspective. Got it. So we also have six <clears throat> subcommittees which are tasked with working on specific. Some of them are web and social media and communication based. One is literally working on the myriad of parking uniqueness that we have down here with parking. We have enough parking. We just showed the world twice in the last week. We hosted full house baseball games and one night also a basketball game and we filled up all the parking spaces down here and it was fun it was it was, it was this place was alive that, those two nights got it and hopefully parking will be needed less and less as more people use the yes. light rail there's also the spirit of some of the businesses down here that don't need to have that standard business parking ratio that they understand we have public transit we're going to have light rail coming through the warehouse district in just under six years it will be done it will be one block from where we're sitting right here and we have bike programs we're walkable we have buses with routes within a block or two of where we are and there's more than one way to get here so we will see um, and we are already seeing a movement to uh, more people commuting using public transit and or walking or biking got it well, it's such a unique opportunity you, you mentioned that mayor stanton was perhaps one of the the people that spearheaded the deal coming together are you still working with local governmental organizations well we, we are we have probably the best spirit of cooperation from the city of phoenix and from multiple departments um, we're renovating the building directly north of us right now and we had to engage no less than 11 different city departments wow. to get through solving all the unique challenges that existed on an old building that's 95 years old and you know what? It was worth the battle at every step to get 
find a way to meet the life safety requirements, get through some zoning, some draconian zoning ordinances that just don't make sense anymore. Can't even imagine. Can you? Yeah, but it's <laughs> worth it. Yeah, and we did it, so. And so you look at something like a, um, everyone's trying to woo Amazon to put their second headquarters somewhere. Um, what would be your pitch to a, a large corporate brand to come to Warehouse to I, I would tell them that you could be in on the ground floor of something spectacular. You, and it could be slightly tailored to help your business. You're not just going to be another number in the warehouse district. You're going to be a main player down here. And that will attract more food, more entertainment, uh, and, and, and a bigger push for creating just a more walkable, livable, and a more sustainable downtown. That's, that's really what we're all about here in our, in our own firm. And are those pitches being made? Do you actively reach out to companies like Amazon or whatever? Well, I know for a fact this, you know, this is one of the, um, the city of Phoenix is actively pursuing HQ2. Why yeah. wouldn't we? We got lots of land all around this town yeah. and so forth. We've got a growing economy. We have a highly educated tech workforce. And we have public transit. We have the great proximity to the airport because literally we're three miles from the airport right now. Yeah, well, not many cities can boast that with international routes and so forth. So we could physically take Amazon in downtown, no problems. Got it. And as far as pitching, I personally go out 15, 20 times a year and meet with various groups that invite me to talk about what's happening in the warehouse district. A lot of them are real estate related type groups and I, I, I'm trying to leverage the commercial brokerage world into understanding what the potential is down here. And it seems to work. Have you had any uh, backlash, pushback, barriers to this work? Or has everyone been pretty receptive? No, nobody, I haven't really seen any pushback. There are people that are concerned that they don't want any more of the old buildings to be torn down. There were two buildings torn down last year, mm -hmm. um, but there's only been a handful in the last 10 years that have come down. Unfortunately, half the original warehouses were torn down 50 years ago or more. But we're really advocating to keep all the rest of them. And you know, just do the adaptive reuse. And again, adaptive reuse is just taking one type of building, bringing it up to all the life safety requirements, and, and changing the way the building's used, and hopefully activate it and make it part of a, a bigger, you know, little piece of texture on a bigger piece of context. Yeah. I think that people think that uh, working in warehouses is a pretty cool deal, especially young folks in Tarney. I'll work from anywhere, so yeah, I think working in warehouses is pretty cool. Well, when R&R &R finally moved into their warehouse, they came off the top floor of a high-rise in downtown, as in the interim office location, and they had those incredible views in that big, tall, hermetically sealed building. Now, they're on the street, they, just when they moved in, because I'm literally across the street from them, the streetscape changed for the better. It just takes one piece at a time to see the streets activated down here and just see more and more fun things going on down here. Yeah. And I imagine that uh, you certainly, being an architect and having a passion for building and, and, and design and, and all those things, um, I, I, are, are, are you from Phoenix? Well, actually, I grew up in Denver okay. and went to ASU for architecture school, and I've been here ever since. So. Got it. So you, uh, you probably have a, a love and a passion for the city. I do. Um, 
we had the opportunity to speak with um, with Tim Kelly over at GCU and learn about all the work that they were able to do with the surrounding community of, of, around GCU. And I think that the term gentrification probably carries with it a lot of negative connotations these days. And that's not what they did at all. In fact, they were just working with the local community to try to make the community better without changing the residents. Absolutely. The, what GCU has done Precedent in the state of Arizona. It's an incredible story how they've worked hard to do what they've done to grow their school, but to grow the neighborhood they're in, improve the quality of the education in the, in the elementary and high schools in that area, and they have a great scholarship program. They've also worked hand in hand with Habitat for Humanity to help renovate some of the homes in that immediate area. So it's a great story. It needs to be told more often in this town. Yeah, yeah, I think that it is exciting. So. So as we look at, um, I'd love to learn a little bit more about uh, the adaptive reuse. So you've given some examples in, in the Valley, but as an architect, I'm sure you travel a lot. What are some uh, some of the uh, the ones that would be noticeable or your favorites in other major cities? In other major cities? One of, well, a couple of places I love to go to. I've always loved going to downtown Portland. Mm-hmm. Portland is a smaller scale, walkable, beautiful city full of great old buildings, restaurants. I mean. Phoenix is two plus times the size of Portland, but they have an incredibly cool downtown. I'm also very passionate about and, and, and have a satellite office in San Diego in the what's called Little Italy District. Little Italy is between downtown and the airport, so it's literally just a district within the downtown core of San Diego. And in the last 20 plus years since I've been traveling there and doing business on a regular basis, it is just an incredible Every old building was renovated. Every parking lot has a new building on it. The restaurant and food seems tremendous, and it's very walkable, and they have public transit. It's got great weather, too, by the way. But, uh, right. That's a great success story. Growing up in the Denver area, the areas around downtown Denver are is one of the greatest success stories in, in urban revitalization in the United States. They rebuilt the Lodo area around the train station. They now have commuter trains coming in from the suburbs, not just light rail, but commuter trains and bus. They have great transit. Denver has incredible infrastructure. They just do. And we're, Phoenix Metro is more than a million people larger than Metro Denver. Mm. People kind of lose perspective of how big Phoenix Metro is. Right. So if you were to look forward into your crystal ball five years from now, what, what would make this project an overwhelming success? Well, I would suspect in five years we're going to have multiple new housing projects and we might have anywhere from 500 to 1,500 more people living in the warehouse district. We expect to see beyond the galvanizes and the web PTs that currently have in the neighborhood of 600 people working across the street from each other, we expect another 1,500 tech workers to move into this area, just in the tech world alone, let alone the creative businesses and the more standard type businesses, galleries. Uh, we're already seeing input from the food world wanting to come down here. And right now we can walk four blocks and go to 50 restaurants, but I can only walk one block and go to two restaurants right now. We'd like to see that change. And we're seeing the interest in that happening also. Got it. And on the flip side of that, what would you say, what would be the, the major dangers to avoid, mm. aside from knocking down all the buildings? <laughs> well, that I don't think will happen. There's gonna be pressure to take some of them down over time, but not in a wholesale manner. 
Um, short of another economic downturn in the economy, which I don't think is on the short-term future, but Phoenix just happens to be the highs are high and the lows are low when it comes to real estate development. One thing I'm really proud of and statewide is we are diversifying our economy. We're not just dependent on growth. We have a high growth rate right now, but it's not growth at all at all at any cost right now. So I think that's a really healthy thing. Um, we're seeing driverless car technology in this area, logistics companies, um, for the most part, it's a very affordable place for a major city to live, and that's attractive to a lot of people and so forth. So we just got a lot of good things going our way here. Nice, that's, that's exciting. So for people who are, well actually, I, I, I was curious, I saw in your, in your bio that you have extensive experience working with churches. How did that come to be? Well, uh, when I was a young architect 30-some years ago, um, and I've spent my whole career with this firm, we had done a couple churches in the first couple years and I was an architect, and I kind of took the church market on, on, on the road and started doing work in Nevada and California and New Mexico and in neighboring states. And we became a specialist in doing worship spaces and master planning for church campuses. So we, at one point, have represented about half or more of what we've done for most of the last 25 years. But our passion has always been to build a new city and rebuild Phoenix. I have friends that are architects that couldn't take it any longer, and they moved out of Phoenix to move somewhere that had a more cool, more progressive city. And I took the attitude, and so is my firm and my partners, that let's be part of making this a cool place and reinventing the city. And that's what we're doing right now. We still do a lot of church projects, probably working on 10 of them right now in various stages throughout several states. But our prime market right now is infill housing, mixed use, and adaptive reuse work. And I'm spoiled because I literally can walk to six or seven projects from my office. Nice. And I can take a bike to six more. That's awesome. Yeah. So as you look at um, specifically the warehouse district, what? How do people dip their toe in this? So if you're living in Gilbert, you work in Gilbert, you do all your time in Gilbert, like, and you're you're thinking, I'd like to do something there, I'd like to visit, or I'd like to partake, but it seems so daunting, it seems so far away, it seems like it's such a hassle. How do you get those folks here just to see it? Well, um, first of all, everybody's been down here, they just don't know it. They've been to a baseball game, they've been to a Suns game, they've been to a concert at the arena. And when you're there, you're in the warehouse district. You know, so you've already been here, almost everybody's been here. Um, a lot of those people, if they are already working downtown, they're in this environment, and uh, the people that are joining our council and these other businesses down here all want to see this area just to improve. I mean, there are businesses down here that compete head-to-head, -head, other design firms, other creative agencies, and so forth. But I'll tell you what, the spirit of cooperation down here is incredible, even though we may compete for clients in, in some cases. We're trying to lift all boats down here, and, and it's really working. We have multiple event centers. They have some incredible spaces down here, all old renovated buildings and so forth. So the people that live out in the suburbs, many of them already work downtown. They just have a commute, long drive to get home twice a day. And I think we're opening some eyes that there are, there are alternative lifestyles down here. It's not for everybody, but the development community in Metro Phoenix sort of ignored the urban market for several generations now. I always felt there was a market for it, but the developers didn't want to provide it because it was so much easier to go out on the periphery and buy up some inexpensive desert and turn it into a neighborhood. 
Well, I know that I'm certainly glad to uh, to see the downtown coming alive, and I'm excited to see the work that you guys are going to do. So, and for somebody who is like me and they're curious about it, um, how can they learn more about the group? Can they come and attend meetings? Our meetings are held the third Tuesday of every month. They're open. Oh, yeah. So next Tuesday, six days from now, we will be meeting at one of the businesses here in the warehouse district, and I. Invite you both to join us, and it's really more an open discussion on what's going on down here. And we get reports from our committees that are that are advancing certain things down here. We bring in guest speakers. We have people from the mayor's office, people from our councilwoman's office, people from economic development, people from downtown Phoenix, Inc., Phoenix Community Alliance. They are regularly attending, and they are supporting our efforts, our marketing and event efforts. We're also trying to attract more events to happen down here besides sporting events and concerts, things like street fairs and other things. We have the zombie walk coming up in downtown literally <laughs> in two weeks from Saturday. We're gonna have 10, 12,000 people looking like the walking dead walking around the warehouse district. And inside that ring of the parade, they're gonna have the event centers and people are gonna be getting married and it's, it's really gonna be fun. And there'll be a concert, Bob Seeker's playing at the arena. It's gonna be a really incredible evening. That's awesome. Bob Seeger, you can go get married at the zombie walk. That's, Phoenix is a real city. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something for everybody right there. Okay. Um, do you have folks that, that come and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about some of this stuff and, and are, are they able to voice those concerns? Oh, sure. I, we haven't heard a lot of downside about what's going on down here. Um, we have people that have owned property for two generations or more, and they've been sitting on it and not doing anything with it because they don't really know whether downtown's gonna survive or not, but it is, it, it already has. And so now those people are very interested because they'd like their land to be put in a more productive use. Yeah. So, so we get people like that all the time. How do you, how do you price that? somebody has been sitting on it for 20 years and they well, say oh wow you know human nature if you own something it's worth more you think it's worth more than it really is right but you know there's there's a process to go through to kind of evaluate what it's really worth and i talked earlier about if you're going to buy an old building you probably can't occupy it because it's got too many building code deficiencies we can work back through what it takes and how long it will take and then you can figure out what it might be worth deduct all those expenses and that's probably an offering price you want to get. If it's dirt, you got to build up from ground up anyway. So, Got it. And what about somebody who's listening and say, you know what, a, a career as an architect, is that something that, 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 that I should think about? Well, I'll tell you, I've been doing this for a long time. There hasn't been a day yet where I didn't want to get up and come to work and advance and be creative. Uh, literally and, and again I told you I started I decided when I was in third grade I want to be an architect and I never wavered and I, you know, I just don't think I made a great choice but you know people are worried you know young people say I'd like to be an architect but I'm really bad at math well we're all bad at math in this office that doesn't matter <laughs> you know do you have some creative ability can you work in a group dynamic can you communicate work in a team effort can you uh, get used to failure a lot because you know, everything we do is subjective. We're, we're, we're doing creative arts is really what we are as an architect. 
everybody has an opinion on something. You've got to have some thick skin. But a architecture career or planning or interiors career, I think, is really exciting, and I don't regret any of the decisions I've made in my career. Got it. So the computers aren't going to take your job? No, we can do more work with the computer, but the computer still can't think like we can think. So, That's good. no. There's still a lot of paper. Um, the computer hasn't eliminated all the paper, but it's reduced it a little bit. Right. I can only imagine the technology and the advances and, and, and everything that um, applies to your industry, but very cool. When I started, we used paper and pencils, and we drew in the morning, and we erased in the afternoon. That was kind of the That's motto. The you drew in the morning and erased in the afternoon? And we changed it in the afternoon, yeah. Okay. Before computers, before CAD programs. All by hand. All by hand. Oof. Yep. Do you use like 3D printing at all to? A little bit. We do a lot of, um, we do more 3D design modeling using 3D softwares to create imagery and be able to show people what a building's gonna look like. Right. I mean, the last thing you want as an architect is for your client to go out on a construction site and say, oh my God, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, we can eliminate we're, we're that. Now. We don't like that color. You know. oh, gosh, is that what it looks like? Well, we can eliminate that through working through 3D modeling of programs and so forth. So, yeah, and 3D printing, it's still limited to how big a piece you can print. So, you got to print a bunch of them to build a model. But we do some of that. Yeah. How often does that happen? Where you are taking client on site and they're like, what is this beam doing right here? Uh, it's holding up the rest of the building. Yes, yeah. that's necessary. Load so bearing. We're not taking it out. Uh, well, that happens, but you, know, you try to minimize that little surprises. So. Right. I mean, building a building is usually the greatest investment any individual or business is ever going to do in their lifetime. Because there's, uh, and you're going to do it one time, and it's not going to be perfect. We could build every building three times, we'd have it down. Mm. But we usually don't get that opportunity. Oh, let's get one swing at it for the most part. Oh. Yeah. Measure twice, cut once? Yes, no kidding. <laughs> is there another adage that you think is, is, is very applicable just from your experience? Um, just communicate well. Mm. You can never communicate too well. And so much of what we're now doing is, is in this urban setting and you've got to communicate with your neighbors and the other people who live in the community. You've got to listen to their voices. They have concerns. May not be their money and it may not be their project but they get to live with the results of it you know we want to be good neighbors so communicating skills you never be too good there especially dealing with so many different parties which 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 you are we have people that want to see downtown flourish we have people that don't we want people that don't want any more cars we want people mm -hmm. that say you're building too much parking and therefore your building's too expensive yeah. and i can't afford to live or rent there and so forth. So you, you get all schools of thought here. You have people that don't want to touch anything downtown. They think it's perfect. And then there are others that have the vision that we can create, and we're already creating a world-class city here. It's just going to get better over time. Yeah. Exciting. So, Tari, what have we forgotten to talk about? Evan. Good job, Brian. That was a, it's, it's always interesting to hear just the, the, the how unique Phoenix is as a city, but to hear that we're also doing this. Is growing. Exciting time. Brian, 
Um, where can people find out more about what you are working on, about this project, and what else would you like to share? Well, we have a website for the Warehouse District, phxwd.com, which stands for phoenixwarehousedistrict.com. We have information, we have history of some of the old buildings here, we have a calendar of events, we have lots of cool photos that people post to their buildings. You can't always get in all the buildings here. And at least twice a year, we offer public tours of the warehouse district. We usually wait for the weather to improve, and we're right in that season now. And I'll let you know next time we have an open house tour, meaning we open up to 15 to 20 businesses, so you can literally go in and see them. And there's nothing seems believing in what we do down here. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. We definitely appreciate the time and, and, and appreciate your hard work. Well, thank you. My pleasure. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and also feel free to share us on social media. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real.